Jordan. Ian, who thought they were dreaming, decided to go steal some sardines, only to be beaten by the entire population of the ocean. Debbie McGee? No, two guys. What? Welcome to episode 35 of Two Guys What's Up, the weekly comedy podcast where one's half asleep and one's half alert. My name is Ian and I am joined by the guy who completes my state of awareness, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, thank you, but I think you haven't muted your Mac. <laughs> ah, shit! <laughs> Another problem caused by Ian. I'm just adding them all up at this point. Yeah, it's a, a, a fucking horrible tally on your wall at the moment of all my mistakes <laughs> that you're just counting up. To be honest, I've had to go into another room at this point. <laughs> Luckily, you've got very long leads. I've had to join about 20 of them together. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm all right. I'm slightly annoyed, actually. Oh, go go on. Why? What's up? Well, I suppose I was slightly annoyed. I'm fine now. Thank God. Basically, I've got an iPhone 13 mini that... I had for about 12 weeks. Right. And I started recording a video through it, and I listened back, and it was like... Okay. Like gusts of wind blowing into the microphone. And I thought, that's weird, and I'm indoors, it's totally silent. Yeah. So I kind of brushed everything off a little bit and uh, and tried it again. And exactly the same thing. It's quite annoying, isn't it, when you're uh, you really just want to hear the the grunts and things you know, of the the thing that you're trying to record, and all you can hear is wind blowing. I, I know it's it's terrible. It's so distracting. Absolutely. So I've had to cancel that upload schedule. Anyway, um... <laughs> you started the OnlyFans without me, did you? This was Pornhub. <laughs> okay, right. Well, fair enough. That's fine. I'll let you off with that one. That is a joke, by the way. Link in the description. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's so rushing to get onto Uh, that. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it just kept happening. It happened on voice memos as well. I Uh ended up contacting Apple, and they were helpful in the sense that they gave me a diagnostic, and the diagnosis was that it's not a software issue, it's a hardware issue, and I thought, yeah, brilliant, okay. Okay. For a four-month-old device, that's not amazing. So, naturally, they just opted to fix it for free, did they? Not at all. Paul, what are you playing at? (laughs) They said you could either take it to your nearest Apple store, which is like an hour's drive plus away. Yep. And they said that you might need to leave it overnight. Quick side note, by the way, Mm. when Apple Watches first came out, I really wanted to buy one. And uh, I convinced my wife to drive to Lee's with me. Oh, wow. Which was uh, the closest Apple shop. It was like one o'clock as well in the afternoon. So it wasn't as if it was like a day out. I was just like, let's just go, let's just go. She's like, fine. So we jumped in the car, got to the Apple shop. I was like, here's the money in my hand. I would like to buy an Apple Watch, please. And they were like, oh, sorry, we don't actually sell them in the shop. You're joking. I was like, for fuck's sake, man, I've just driven all this way to an Apple shop to buy an Apple device for, you know, an exorbitant amount of money. You could at least fucking have them in stock. But I digress. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, I interrupted. Carry yeah, on. That's fine. I mean, I didn't hold that much hope myself. So they offered me to go to this hour away store to hopefully get it mended that same day, but maybe not. Of course. And on my other option was to have it sent in the post, which will take five business days to hear anything back. Yeah, because these days no one needs a phone, do they? So that's a perfect option. And I said exactly the same thing. Thankfully, it was just through a chat, so I didn't have to go to Twitter. But... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I ended up giving them my polite complaints. And anyway, I just wasn't satisfied with it. So I bought the device originally from Amazon, mm-hmm. where I have bought my devices from for many years now. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of went straight to them and said, I spoke to Apple. I'm not happy with the outcome. What can you do for me? And they said, well, on this occasion, we will uh, replace the device for you and you can send the other one back for a refund. Very so, kind. Hey! So I've got the new one and it's all set and sorted. So the other one has been taken back yesterday and now I'm happy. Oh, it's very good to know. Yeah. I like it when you're happy because then you don't like shout at me at the beginning of the recording. <laughs> Sort your shit out. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jordan. Let me let me just do that line again. You fucking better start getting it right, young man. <laughs> it's like my old jobs. Everyone used to call me like Mister Happy or you know Smiley Man or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. But um, I know. I was like truth, thinking yeah. like, underneath. What a bastard. <laughs> You do know some people from your old work listen to this, right? Well, that's what I mean. Like, underneath, they probably don't realise, like... You're a normal person and and can actually have emotions and feelings. Yes. (laughs) I forever have a smile plastered on my face. Of course. Best way to go through life, isn't it? Like some terrible Botox. (laughs) Anyway, I'm all right. I'm happier now that I've got a working device and now I can record things happily without having the sound of gushing wind in my videos. So that's brilliant. Perfect. I don't ask really how you are but i will anyway how are you well thanks for asking to be honest I, i'm a little better oh. uh, my tooth has uh, subsided uh, the the medication that i've been taking has kicked in i've actually been able to get some sleep it's just annoying because i was on a week off from work this week and the first day that i had off the pain started right. it got worse peaked in the middle and has stopped today essentially i've woken up and i'm pain-free really <laughs> and tomorrow is my first day back at work brilliant so it's been a sh- holiday to be honest although saying that i guess you could enjoy the laziness be thankful that i wasn't at work yeah it's just everything was irritating so like I, it was like causing me to have a fever and um just everything was irritating yeah it's like you did come and see me as well didn't you i did yeah yeah one of those nights and i was in i was in pain then luckily the vodka helped <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a bit more pain-free now, so I'm, I'm happier. Good. I'm much happier, so I can finally enjoy the last 12 hours of my holiday. Nice, very good. Um, so we're, we're both happy. It'll be a good day today. Fingers crossed. <laughs> we'll see, won't we? Oh, it just reminds me, actually, because we did mention this before. Oh, yeah. The vodka Brita filtering didn't happen, I will didn't, be honest. Yeah. Uh, I ended up reading about it, apparently, after you do it a couple of times, your filter's gone, and you end up needing oh, to replace it. Exactly. So we didn't do that. However, I did present you with two glasses of water one tap one filtered correct and you told me straight away which one was the filtered one just by smelling it i did yeah and i must admit when you told me about that i was slightly dubious i was like is it really like that noticeable that different you know but i thought you know i'll save i'll reserve my judgment i'll see what happens (laughs) and as soon as i like brought it to my face i was like yeah that's the that's the tap one right there (laughs) it's weird isn't it yeah maybe move house jordan (laughs) yeah maybe well it's fine (laughs) i've got a filter now you need to find that for like everything else in your house that's wrong I am looking into if I could get a, a filter plumbed in somehow. Oh, okay. That's cool. I think you can get things like that. I've seen stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it's a pain to change. Okay. Yeah. And also, I think they're quite costly to install. So, yeah. I don't know. I might just stick with the Brita filter, really. Probably easier and more cost effective. True. Never mind. Anyway, yeah. what are we doing today? Well, I want to hear what you're doing first, because I've got, I've got quite the story for you. Oh, do you? I do indeed. Oh, very good. Okay. So, today is the return of Matt! Madlibs! Oh, yeah, Madlibs Part 3! 
Autumn. It is. Now, at this point, we have had feedback on the Mad Libs stuff. We have. And people seem to enjoy it, so I thought, why not? We'll bring it back. Should I say we were discussing maybe making it a bit more of a permanent fixture, like a, a segment, like maybe like once a month? Yeah, we were toying with that, weren't we? Whether it happens, I don't know, but if people like it, yeah, brilliant, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, if it makes a little um, appearance every so often, then... What's the harm? Yeah, I think it's a load of fun. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I love them too. They're always brilliant. (laughs) Anyway, what have you got coming up for us today? Okie dokie, Jordan. So today I am going to be talking through just a few stories of the very many that I found particularly interesting in a book that I've been reading called Truth Proof 4 Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Okay, yeah, you told me about this Truth Proof previously, so what is this? Well, the fourth one is the latest edition in a set of books written by a gentleman named Paul Sinclair. Okay. It's a collection of unexplained reports, witness statements and personal sightings of all things paranormal like UFOs and cryptids and the main reason that I wanted to have a look at this book is because the stories within all centre around a little place that you and I, Jordan, like to call home. The moon? (laughs) I know that's where we live in our heads, but no. (laughs) (laughs) This book talks about places like Broxer, Flixton, Filey, and even our hometown. Oh, interesting. Okay. Bridlington. Yeah. (laughs) That means that our very own backyard is a hotspot for all things creepy, dripping with a paranormal gravy, if you will, of which I am going to be feeding you some freshly dipped para Yorkshire puddings. Oh, you should really say that sentence to your wife. She'll be f***ing on it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to listen to this week's podcast? Nah. Yorkshire puddings. F***ing give me it now. Gravy. <laughs> 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 Drip it into my ears. Delicious. So, Paul Sinclair is a Yorkshire-born man who currently resides in a little town called, yes, Jordan, Bridlington, which is a place you might know all too well. Yeah, unfortunately, I did live there a long time. I think that's uh, the very first house I came to visit you in was in Bridlington. It was, actually. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I tried to steal all your cards. (laughs) You did. Literally a cabinet worth. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big guy. Like you said, I've got big pockets. I could Sure, I could fit at least 100 in there. Easily. But now I've got my own collection, so I don't need you. I will just say now, it wasn't Ian's collection because he stole them. Yes. He did actually work towards his own. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. (laughs) And that is where I'm like, I I thought I was missing some. (laughs) My cabinet feels a little lighter tonight. (laughs) Like, I just, every night I pick it up. Pick it up, yeah. (laughs) Just to see. Just to make sure there's no been no creepers in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. So in Paul's earlier books, he has talked about aliens, cryptids, secret military bases, and even his own personal experiences. But in Truth Proof 4, he makes it his job to recount as best he can the strange stories gathered from people who reside in the north and east of Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yorkshire, I really want to say it. So let's just jump into story one, shall we? Let's do it! Paul says that in 2019, he was contacted by a man named Dean, who had a super strange story to tell. In 2013, Dean was living in Whitby, which is just 16 miles from us, Jordan. It is. I've been there many a times to gig. Yeah, I took myself too with work. I'm there quite often. And quite often on that journey, I'll see the Bigfoots and the UFOs. Waving at you from the side of the road. Yeah, just... You know, dip my head in acknowledgement and the, and it's very pleasant. God, just be, just be cordial so that they don't eat you or abduct you. Yeah, I, I'm not really into that idea. Give them a little hat dip, you're all good. Yeah, they seem to be very pleasant and polite. They're all right. So Dean thought it would be a really nice idea to take himself along with his three children camping in the Pinchinthorpe Forest in Gisborough. 
Right. They arrived quite late, around 5pm, they made some food, and they ventured into the forest to find where they would be spending the evening. So far, so good. All seems quite nice, doesn't it, so far? A little day trip to Whitby. Nice. Gisborough. Oh, Gisborough. Yes. He lived in Whitby. But they found a nice little spot where they decided to set up camp, a small area next to a field with just enough room to pitch their tent, and they settled in for the night. I do like pitching a tent. <laughs> wrong kind of tent, Jordan. Oh, oh I always get it wrong. That's why I'm never invited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> so, yeah, whenever I get invited to camping, they're, they're like, oh, actually, you better retract that invitation, because all he ever does when he says, can you get the tent sorted? <laughs> I'm like, It's been sorted it. since, I, since I got the invite, mate. <laughs> I'll bring the rods. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So he said the area was quite muddy, so he made sure to tell his kids to remove their shoes as to not get any dirt in the tent, which is an important note for later, so remember that. Okay, and also an important note for anyone going camping, because that is good etiquette. Yes, absolutely. Remove your shoes. You don't want to be sleeping on twigs. Who wants that? Or mud. Or mud. Mm. Grim. Yeah, awful. All bloody earwigs in your face and stuff. Earwigs in your ears. Which would probably have been preferable to where this story's going, to be honest. Right, okay. So, around 10pm, the night had drawn in, and everyone was exhausted from the fun day that they'd had, so they all got tucked up inside their sleeping bags and headed off to sleep. Dean says that as he was trying to sleep, he felt a strange sense of unease for some unknown reason, so he just kind of lay there in the dark with his eyes closed, just waiting for sleep to take him. Yeah, that's an awful feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that being in the middle of nowhere and having that feeling. Not what you want. Mm. As Dean was chilling out, trying to get some shut-eye, he heard a noise outside his tent. He was mindful, but he thought it was probably just an animal, as I'm sure anyone probably would have in his situation being in the woods. But then he heard a twig snap, and his mind went from, Ooh, lovely wildlife to, Oh, fuck, there's some ball bags skulking around out there. Uh-oh. Is this gonna be Bigfoot? Uh, just you wait. Okay. <laughs> it's creepy, bro. At first he thought it might be the farmer or someone coming along to ask him to move along, but he said he felt something strange, and then the f***ing tent started to unzip. Oh, God. At this point, the dad gene kicked in. He grabbed a small knife and a torch that he had brought along with him and started silently unzipping his <laughs> sleeping bag. What, Jordan? <laughs> The tent started to unzip and he thought, I better stop pitching my own tent. (laughs) (laughs) It's bringing down my zip. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mine always gets caught. (laughs) F***ing grim. (laughs) So as he's laying there and the tent starts to unzip, the smell hit him. A disgusting smell that he couldn't place filled the tent. And if that wasn't enough, he watched as horror as the tent slowly started to open. So he stuck his torch on to see just what the f***ing hell he was dealing with. Right. And what he saw, reaching over him, attempting to grab the youngest of his children, was what he described as a black, hairy, slender, humanoid creature. In shock, Dean tried to move to stop whatever it was, but the creature realised that he was awake and did some kind of weird super speed thrust, smacked him in his forehead, and he blacked out. Wait, what blacked out? Him or the, the thing? Dean blacked out. He didn't use some kind of super karate move and, like, black out this creature. <laughs> The creature, like, did some kind of super fast movement right. and clap on his forehead, knocked him out. Right, I am not going to Gisborough anymore. <laughs> I'll cancel my plans for tonight, then. <laughs> well, if I can pitch a 10. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want in your own time. 
No judgment here. Thanks. The next thing Dean remembers was opening his eyes as he was being carried over a wall through the field next to him and towards some sort of craft. Mm. And as he tried to move, he became acutely aware that the only thing he could move were his eyes. Oh no. Naturally, he panicked, thinking about his children and his own well-being. But at this, another one of the creatures that was walking with them noticed he was peeping, did another forehead smack, and he blacked out again. This sounds awful. F***ing grim, innit? I would not be putting this on the tourist board for Gisborough. <laughs> yeah, tourist board for Gisborough just trying to really shut Paul Sinclair down. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. No, no. Okay, so I'm, I'm possibly jumping ahead, but what are his kids doing at this point? They're getting taken as well. Oh, God. As you'll find out in a sec. Right. The next day, he woke up back in his tent. Everyone was present and accounted for. And he thought, man, what a bad dream. But as his children started to stir, one asked, why did the hairy Chewbacca's take us out of our tent? (laughs) And another one of his children said that they had a nightmare about a tall, skinny, dark, furry man that had also taken them out of their tent. Another piece, just to add to the physical evidence, was the fact that the tent was now filled with mud and leaves, which if you remember from the beginning, Dean had been conscious of asking his kids to remove their shoes so just that thing could be avoided. Yeah, he was in good etiquette. Oh dear. He was. But those fucking hairy, slender, hairy buggers, they weren't. Yeah, they do not sound like they would provide good etiquette. No, bastards. <laughs> so, naturally, Dean and his family packed up and they disappeared sharpish. Okay. It makes sense, really. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be out there. I'd, as soon as I saw the tent unzipping, I'd just be like, nope, nope, fuck this, up, grab the kids, do one, run away, just <laughs> shut your <laughs> eyes, push you past them. where are you going to go? <laughs> I'm going to say. Just run into the field. Just do one. Hijack the craft. Possibly if you carried a, like a pocket knife, you could have got through the back and just legged it. Yeah, Diet Love Pass style. Like, what? Diet Love Pass, you never heard of that one? No idea what that is. Wow, that's a super creepy mystery that happened in the Ural Mountains, I believe. Russian backpackers disappeared. Not familiar. Well, I was going to go into that at some point, so I'll save them facts for another day. Okay, yeah, uh, please do. <laughs> so the second story comes... <laughs> What? For a moment, it just sounded like you channeled Elvis or something. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Maybe I did. A hot, brilliant. A hot, brilliant. A hot, a hot, a hot, brilliant. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. It's all sort of spooks happening now. So the second story comes from two sisters who in 2016 were driving home after a works night out. They were driving through a delightful little place called Flixton, which, Jordan, is just a short eight-mile drive for us. It is. And uh, whenever someone says Flixton, all I think about is the advert on the radio. Flixton, Flixton sawmill. sawmill. Yep, yeah, of course. There yep. you go. <laughs> well, now you're going to remember it for a different reason. Okay. But you see, Flixton just happens to have a delightful little legend of a werewolf. And wouldn't you know it, as these two sisters were driving along, something jumped out in front of them, and this is what they said to Paul. We were driving from Flixton towards Muston. It was after midnight. A creature ran out from the hill to our right, across the road, in front of the car. I had to hit the brakes as it was quite close to us. In fact, if I'd not braked, I would have probably hit it. It looked like nothing we'd ever seen before, apart from in films. It was running extremely fast, but kind of clumsily, and looking around at the same time. Its back was really arched, and its arms looked too long for its body. After running in front of us, it jumped off the road and into the field and cleared some distance. And they also added a little later that they couldn't remember seeing a tail, and unfortunately didn't get a good look at its hands or feet. Right, okay. So, was this like a humanoid figure? As they said, the only thing they could liken it to, ironically enough, choice of words there, was a werewolf. Right, okay. 
That's kind of weird. Yeah. So next time I'm out teaching in Flixton, I'm certainly going to be on the lookout. Yeah, f***ing keep your eye out, pal. Actually, strange story, by the way. I was uh, driving through Flixton and I saw a green light to my left and uh, I saw it and I thought, yeah, whatever, just a plane. But then it came in front of my car and it was very low, just this green light, hovered over me very slowly. There was no noise at all. And it went down behind a hill to my right. And everyone's like, oh, it's probably just uh, the RAF Staxton Wald up, up the top of the hill. And I was like, no, that's two f***ing miles behind me. Mm. So I told that to my wife. And she was like, no, it's probably just the RAF base on the hill. And no one will believe me. And everyone just kind of goes, oh, yeah, that's weird. But I believe you. Thanks, buddy. You're such a good guy. Sort of. <laughs> Well, that's, that's a true story. That happened to me about a month ago. Really? You never told me that. I've been holding on to it because, um, you know, to just tell that story, it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like, yeah, that's a weird story at the end. But in relation to this and telling you about the place, it's probably a good thing to bring up. I suppose, yeah. No, that's fair enough. But weird. Okay. It makes me wonder what else you experienced and not told me. <laughs> well, I'm not telling you. Fine. I'll bring it up when it's relevant. Okay, yeah, deal. <laughs> so after Paul asked the two sisters to estimate the height of this creature, if it were to be stood on two legs, they estimated it would be around eight foot tall so not a small creature and probably pretty easily distinguishable from a dog or a deer which you might expect to see out in the wilderness yeah that's even taller than you it is yeah by a good two foot wow so the third story brings us just two miles away from that delightful little werewolf infested village and here we find another delightful little bigfoot infested village called staxton which is just jordan seven miles away from us yep i've many a time driven up that steep hill not seen any spooks, though. Well, keep your f***ing eye out, because you might do. Okay, I'll just give them a polite head nod. Absolutely, yeah, just keep it consistent. <laughs> it's worked for me so far, it's fine. So, in Staxton, we meet a man named Martin. Martin and a friend were driving the road between RAF Staxton and Foxholes, and they had pulled over to take a picture of a bizarre floating orange ball hovering above the trees. Mm. He got out of his car to take the picture, but the trees were unfortunately obscuring it, and he couldn't get a good enough pic. And this was when he began to hear the growling. Oh, that sounds awful. Yep, can you imagine? He said he was on the phone to his mum at the time, just as a little by point, and she apparently heard the growling too, which corroborated his story. But he thought, man, f*** that. So he hopped back in his car and they took off. Yeah, I would too. Naturally, as I think it was what any person would do, apart from myself, I'd just get my camera on and be like, well, f*** out. Later on down the road, they stopped in a lay-by to do something. He didn't specify what, but the friend he was with said there was a strange tall man at the side of the car. So he stuck his lights on, but he couldn't see anything, so they just thought, okay, you know, whatever, a bit creepy, let's just get the f*** out of here. So they slowly pulled off. About half an hour later, Martin got out of the car to venture off for a wee, and as he was doing his business, he saw a figure start to approach him, and then he heard the same growling that he heard before. Oh, God. This time, Martin got a good look at the little f***er that was approaching him, and he said it was about eight foot tall, bipedal, hairy, wearing no clothes except for something on its feet, and on top of that, it had f***ing fangs. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Perfect. Now, just side note from my notes here. This sounds like the whole high strangeness thing of it's trying to confuse you because it's like, why would it be wearing shoes but no clothes? Right. So it's like one of those little things that the force or the entity or whatever it is does to you to just make you go, what? And then if you try and tell that to someone, they're just going to go, fuck off. Don't be stupid. Why, why was Bigfoot wearing mm. shoes? Yeah, got you. But that's what he reports. The other thing, though, is, is this implying that it was following him? I guess so, yeah. Or maybe there's multiple of them. Possibly. And because he was now open to it and he'd seen it, you know, he's just more susceptible to it. They were attracted to him on some sense. But it's got fangs, though. That's not nice. Big Dracula. <laughs> now, that should be Whitby. That is true. But it's not. My mistake. <laughs> it's like, you got it wrong, pal. <laughs> 
So now all of this probably sounds a little mental, I'm sure you're thinking, but this story has been backed up by reports of other people that Paul has reported on in earlier Truth Proof books, including people driving along and having seemingly the same figure reportedly running alongside of cars, and in many reports, they are often described being accompanied by balls of light, as Martin reported at the beginning of his story. Does that sound familiar, Jordan? Maybe a little like what you saw. Or what I said in Bigfoot episode. Oh, okay, well, yeah, that too. Actually, yeah, thanks, thanks for noticing. I didn't even realise that. Yeah, that does sound like something I saw, that big creepy UFO. But, I mean, it was just RAF anyway. Yeah, naturally, everything's nothing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what I was referring to is uh, the Bigfoot episode where we were talking about Bigfoots often being accompanied by seeing balls of light. Yeah, or other paranormal things happening that you wouldn't think are connected. Uh, yeah, exactly. So my final story, Jordan, is one of a fisherman named Luke Cragg. Okay. Luke tells Paul that it was early morning around 9am on August 10th, 2019. Luke was out for a delightful little walk on the cliffs and looked out to sea on the coast of Mapleton, which, Jordan, is just 35 miles from us. By the way, the moment you say this, you're going to be like giving someone a triangular pinpoint to our location and all these nutters will be like, <laughs> That's just going to make me feel like I'm famous, you know, having some crazy guy turn up at the door and be like, oh, here's another fan. I'll call the police. <laughs> Going out there with my, my pen and paper, like signing as I'm walking. <laughs> yeah, it's a, you signing his machete or something. <laughs> signing in blood. So as Luke was walking up the cliff, he saw what he describes as a dark triangle-shaped object slowly traversing the shore right in bloody front of the cliffs, but below the cliff line. Below the cliff line? What do you mean? So if you imagine you're stood at the edge of the cliff, you can essentially see the top of this because it's below you. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's under the cliff's horizon, as it were. Yeah, yeah. So between the water and the cliff. Right. There were other people walking along the cliffs, dog walkers and such, and they all saw the bugger too. This craft, he says, was about 30 foot, point to point to point, with a curved back, and it was just slowly moving along, completely silent. Hmm, okay. It stopped at some point where the cliff poked out a little towards the sea, and at this point, as Luke was walking, he lost sight of it. He stopped and walked back towards the edge of the cliff to where he'd seen it last, but it was just gone. It had just inexplicably vanished. He thought maybe the craft had gone into the water, but at this point, the tide was out, and it wouldn't have been deep enough to cover the bugger. So that's weird, huh? Yeah, that's pretty weird. Pretty strange, just a, a random sighting. Fair big enough craft. Well, Jordan, on the 12th of August, just two days later, he called Paul excitedly to tell him that he'd just seen the same f***ing craft again! Ooh. He said that this time he was in a caravan in Hornsea, which, Jordan, is just 32 miles from us. <laughs> and as he was working... He was looking out to sea, and he could see some dark shape. He couldn't quite tell if it was above the water or below the waterline. He and a friend both saw it and watched it as it moved at an unbelievable speed, covering a huge distance in seemingly no time at all. And then, again, it just vanished. The buggers, aren't they? They are. They're the fucking buggers for doing this. You know, it's like, here we are. Here's your proof. Get your camera out. I'm gone. Yeah, it's like taunting you. That's what the the phenomena does. It's a bastard. With a capital B. Triple B. B -b bastard. That is my own individual made-up letter. It is pronounced cunt. Nice. <laughs> what, just that single letter is pronounced cunt, so it's cunt astard. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is an accurate way of rounding up the phenomena in one simple word. Perfect. So these were just a few stories that caught my eye as I was reading through the book. And it is weird to think that they are literally just a stone throws away from our front door. They are, aren't they? Yeah. This area just seems to be a hotspot for paranormal activity. And I want to go visit all of these places, really, Jordan. So let's get a posse together. We'll head out into a field. Get your shit together. I'll be there in five. All right. Oh, f***ing hell. I did not expect that. <laughs> 
I thought I'd just, uh, you know, I'd play your own game now. Oh, f***ing hell. I'll come pick you up. Nice one, yeah, I'll get my trousers on. <laughs> no, don't bother. <laughs> don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> We're not pitching tents today. <laughs> Oh, God. That's very interesting. They are some kind of weird stories, actually. I've never heard them before. I mean, this is just four stories that I picked out of a, like, 250-page book. Wow. There's a lot of stuff in there to do with, like, big cats, cryptids, werewolves, UFOs, alien encounters, poltergeist activity. Really? Wow. And this is the fourth book on the subject, which, you know, just gives you a, a large scope of how haunted our area is. Yeah, that's really weird. Okay. I wonder if the other previous books were also about this area. They are, yeah. Are they? Wow. Yeah, it kind of makes me want to get into that a little bit. Well, they're all for sale, and I think a lot of his earlier books talk about, like, Bempton Cliffs, oh, yeah. which is just past Filey. It's about six miles away. Probably. I haven't done the math. Can't, can't figure that <laughs> no, out. I, don't, I think it's a bit more than that. <laughs> but yeah, it's just all, all surrounding our area, and it makes me happy to live in such a paranormally rich area. Well, I don't think it would if it happened to me, but... Why not? Just get get interested. Get intrigued, bro. Jump straight in. Grab a Bigfoot. Dive up the ass to the elbow. <laughs> If I'm driving along on my way to someone's lesson and then this eight-foot creature starts chasing my car, I don't think I'm going to be best pleased. Well, essentially what you've just done to me is what I would love to do to it. So in the way you just caught me off guard and just called my bluff right then, if I was driving along and this thing was chasing the car, it would probably expect everyone to go, holy shit, and try and drive away. (laughs) You stop and just reverse into it. Yeah, what what would it do if you just slammed the brakes on, got out of the car and was like, all right, mate. And it was there with its size 15 shoes. You know, start walking up to you, trying to intimidate you. You'd just be like, you want to come for a coffee and just talk to me for a bit. <laughs> you know? It's just growling. I'd get out my universal translator and I'd just be like, oh, I'm so glad you stopped. My name's Kevin. I've been trying for years. Yeah, I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kevin just changed tack a little bit. Yeah, bring people some flowers. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I gave my universal translator that voice, but it works. <laughs> yeah, it seemed friendly enough, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they are just some creepy stories. And uh, this is another one of them books that, since we started this podcast, I knew I wanted to look at. Oh, okay. And I'm, I'm happy, happy that I finally got to go through it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've never been aware of those. So thank you for opening my eyes and my mind to these spooky local tales. You're very welcome. No words at all. There's a lot of stories around our local area, right? But they're all just sort of like ghost stories, like... Ooh, if you go down into the town at 3am, you'll see an old pirate, right? And there's a lot of stories around that dotted around. But I wanted to kind of get away from those sort of like... Typical, yeah. Ones you hear every day. I mean, you could probably go to any town in the world and hear those stories. So I wanted to really delve into like the, the creepier ones, the more gritty ones, the ones that are just like strange as shit. Yes, that are less easily explained. Yeah, yeah. So there you have it. Interesting. Well, thank you for that. That was really good. No worries, me pal! <laughs> Brilliant. Well, are you ready for some Mad Libs? Mate, I cannot wait for some Bad Mads. Some Bad Mads? That's what I'm calling it. Nice, okay. Because <laughs> it's badass Mad Libs. Bad Mads. So, everybody knows the drill now. So it's the game where I'll ask Ian to come up with some silly words like nouns, verbs, adjectives and more. I'll fill these words into a blank space in a short story. And the twist is that the story will remain a mystery to Ian until the very moment when we both act out the dialogue. Brilliant. And we perform an 
exciting and dramatic Madlib scene together. Exciting. Are you ready for the adventure, Ian? I cannot wait. Let's do it. So, could you give me a silly word? Uh, scrunchy. Scrunchy, nice, okay. Scrunchy. You mean like a hair scrunchy kind of thing? No, I mean like you would describe paper. Oh, okay. (laughs) Just to be awkward. Crimply. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice, okay. A type of fish. Haddock. Oh, I thought you might have gone for salmon, you know. Is that what you are hoping for? No, not particularly. As you are planning it, this would be hilarious if you said salmon. (laughs) Little bastard didn't. (laughs) An adjective. Um... Muscly. Are you just describing me? I am. Haddocky muscly. <laughs> a fishy smelling muscle man. Oh, perfect. What would you shout if you saw a ghost? Uh, oh, a ghost. <laughs> I, I need something up more like a, an expression of some sort. Okay. Um, f a duck. <laughs> just f a duck. F a duck. <laughs> Do you want to add more to that or is you happy with f a duck? F a duck, a fucking ghost, mate. <laughs> I'll stick with the first one. <laughs> nice. uh, a random number. 43. And another random number. 95. And a noun. Bike lock. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and could you give me a random body part? Big toe. Nice. I wasn't sure what you'd say for that, to be fair. <laughs> I thought if I'd gone for anything dirty, it'd have been too obvious, too on the nose. I suppose it depends where you place it, really. Generally in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> could you give me a light swear word? Uh... Fizzle sticks. Fizzle sticks? Yeah. Not the traditional fiddle sticks. Okay, fizzle. <laughs> Don't judge me in my words. <laughs> no, hey, no judgment here. <laughs> fizzle sticks, that's a new one. Okay. Uh, another adjective. Oily. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your favourite? Absolutely. Oily, muscly men. <laughs> <laughs> that smell slightly of haddock. <laughs> I suppose it would be Omega, though, wouldn't it? So it's healthy. Yeah, that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> Could you give me a type of animal? A rat. Oh, a rat. Okay. And a swear word that you'd adapt to say in front of a small child? Fudge. 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 Lovely. I think that's quite appropriate, isn't it? No, because then they just go, what, fudge? You want fudge? You're like, ah, uh, bastard. <laughs> a description of a size of something? Ginormous. I suppose it would be. Okay. <laughs> Can you give me an amount of time? 48 days. Nice. I always love your reactions to these because you know what's coming. So if you're laughing now, it's probably going to be funny. (laughs) So 48 days. Love it. (laughs) Uh, A verb ending in ing. Copulating. Copulating. Yep. For anyone that doesn't know, that means (laughs) shagging. Lovely. Uh, Another body part. Uh, An elbow. An elbow. Okay. Hmm. Oh, but I said that before when you asked me for a body part, didn't I? Yes, yeah, you can stick with that or you can go for something else. It's certainly up to you. Yeah, no. I love a good elbow. I'm sure you do. <laughs> uh, another verb. Uh, verb uh, cleaning. Cleaning. Mm. Okay. If we continue doing these, you're just going to find out just how limited my vocabulary is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I'll just be able to pre-plan it all. You probably should do that one day, to be honest, just based on what you think I'd say. That'd be great. Maybe, yeah. It'd become actually almost like a magic trick in itself. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, An adjective. Um, Cheesy. (laughs) And give me another verb ending in ing. Um, Shuffling. Uh, What? Shuffling. Shuffling. Yes. Nice. If anyone can't tell, I'm staring at my cards at the moment. Ah, okay, good. (laughs) Uh, Name me a type of profession. Uh, An alligator doctor. (laughs) Some people would say vet, but fair enough. I might even just write that. No, no, it can't be elegant. <laughs> it's a doctor. 
<laughs> what a dick. It's the first words that came to my head. <laughs> you asked for the first words, okay? So that's what you got. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Name me a type of relative. An aunt. Aunt. Lovely. That was very poshly said then. Thank you. I would just say Ant. Well, that's a creature. That is true. <laughs> yes, very, yeah, absolutely. That is just my pronunciation. Fair enough. And can you give me a female name? Matilda. Perfect. That is actually a musical I'd quite like to go and see. Yeah. Meant to be really good. Brilliant. Off you pop then. <laughs> yep, see you later. We'll finish this off another <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> and could you give me the name of a made-up song title? Um, The Flaps of Love. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> is that a love song? <laughs> It's whatever you want it to be, mate. Well, fair enough. Okay. Is it to do with copulating? The song is so subjective that you can just form your own meaning, mate. That's what it's designed to do. Got yeah. That's that's brilliant. And finally, could you give me another adjective? Salty. Salty. Yes. Lovely. Okay. <laughs> so I'm just going to check these over, make sure that I've put these in right. There's nothing missing. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, thank you for your input there, Ian. So I filled out the words for the scene. And are you ready to perform? I am on the edge of my goddamn seat, Jordan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Let's do it. What colour am I? Ian, you are the red. And here we go. Well, if it isn't my favourite patient, Mr. Scrunchy. Oh, thanks for seeing me on such short notice, Dr. Haddock. So what's the news? Well, it's not good. I've just finished processing your tests, and unfortunately, <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the results are muscly. Fuck a duck. I completely understand that reaction. I would feel the same way. Your blood pressure is 43 over 95. Oh, no. And your x-ray... <laughs> And your x-ray found a bike lock on your big toe. Fizzle sticks. Mr. Scrunchy, please try to remain calm. (laughs) It only appears that you have a rare condition known (laughs) known as oily rat disease. Fudge. Dr. Haddock, is there any way to cure it? I'm going to write you out a prescription for these pills right here. They're quite ginormous. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to take one every 48 days. Forgive my ignorance, Doctor, but I've heard these pills cause copulation. I'm afraid they do. Side effects also include an itchy elbow and decrease in the desire to do cleaning. Wow. So... What can I do to stay healthy? I would suggest waking up early every morning and doing some stretches and then shuffling in the local park. <laughs> yes, that's great advice, Doctor. Especially for a cheesy alligator doctor such as myself. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope it brings some comfort, Mr. Scrunchy. You must get so much satisfaction out of helping patients like me. Oh, I do. You know, the best part about being a doctor is that I get to treat patients like you, and then I get to go home to my Aunt Matilda and then unwind by singing my favourite song. What's that? The Flaps of Love. Oh, I don't know it. Can you sing it for me? (laughs) Yes, it goes like this. (laughs) Put on the glove. Lube it up. Push past the bush and find the flaps of love. The flaps of love. Do, 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 the flaps of love. Do, 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 the flaps of love. Do, do, do. They go great with mushy peas. <laughs> That's salty. <laughs> <laughs> End scene. <laughs> Well done on doing your Flaps of Love song. Thank you very much. I'm very (laughs) glad that I actually took the time while you were sorting it out to work something out. (laughs) 
Brilliant. I didn't even know that was coming. And uh, yeah, it just so happened to work perfectly. That is excellent. Well, well done, Ian. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're going to put some uh, musical notation to that, by the way. <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> I'll just do it a tritone away and it'll sound awful. In true testament to my horrible musical knowledge. <laughs> Perfect. Goes hand in hand. It does, it does. Well, thank you for that fantastical addition to our Mad Lib series, Jordan. That was great. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> I hope uh, everyone loves it as much as the other two. Oh, me too. I, it's such a weird thing to do, but I, I just think, what a stupid thing. But it's brilliant. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. More, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like I should try and make these a bit longer, actually. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That'd be grand. The only thing is, it takes like half an hour to get it going. <laughs> it does, yeah. I mean, uh, you don't obviously won't be see behind the scenes, but when we're actually like sort of doing that bit, it does take about half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to go there, like finding all the spaces to put these things in. Yeah, and explaining to me what every type of word is every single time you say it, and then give me a, an example of them all as well. <laughs> Yeah, but while trying not to steer your uh, answers. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think that. Difficult. Never mind. Well, does that about bring us round to the end of today's episode, then? I think it does. Well, fantastic! Thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode of Two Guys What's Up. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen to us so you don't miss another episode, and maybe even tell a friend. Take your friend to our backyard. Do some UFO hunting. Apparently it won't be that difficult. <laughs> Find a Bigfoot. Snog him. Befriend him. Bring him round for a coffee. It'll be great. We can listen to Two Guys What's Up. Yeah, just dip your head. It's all good. Good advice, Jordan. Thanks very much. <laughs> welcome. If you'd like to get in touch with us for any reason at all, our link tree is in the bio of this episode where you can find things like a place to send us a message or even find our Patreon. And what is our Patreon, Ian? Well, Jordan, I'm glad you asked! Our Patreon is where you can find all sorts of Two Guys What's Up bonus stuff, including our beautiful pin badge, which comes with a shout-out, our gorgeous Two Guys What's Up branded t-shirts to keep you looking super sexy this summer season, and if you really can't get enough of our gorgeous voices and our fantastic tales, well then we have news for you, because now we have even started doing bonus episodes, which are released on the last Friday of every month. What? There is currently just one sitting up there right now, just waiting for you to stick them headphones on and just absorb it through your luggies. By this point, there'll be two. You heard it here first, folks. I got it wrong. There's two there. <laughs> sounds like the recipe for a good day. Yeah, sounds like the best evening. Get a bottle of vodka, get some crisps, get some extra two guys what's up, you're in for a winner. Nice. And all that is available right now with the bonus episodes kicking off from just £3 a month. So if you want to help support the show and get some cool stuff while you do it, head over to patreon.com forward slash two guys what's up to check out all the goodies over there. The link will be down below for your clicking convenience. But if you can't do that but you still like to help us out, then a five star rating and review in the Apple podcast that would go a super long way to help us out and we would be forever grateful. We really would. But on that note, thanks for listening guys. Have an amazing week and we will see you next month. Monday! Bye! Bye! My name is Bagel Face, and I really like cheese. Eat me for breakfast, or I'll nibble your knees. You are, really are a musician. <laughs> so I've been told. <laughs> that was uh, the first verse of Flaps of Love, by the way. <laughs>